You're listening to a bonus episode preview available to all Drift Off Premium members. You can listen to the whole story and other episodes while enjoying ad-free listening by becoming a premium member at driftoff.supercast.com or you can find the link in the show notes. That's driftoff.supercast.com. Welcome to Drift Off, bedtime stories to help you unwind, relax, and drift off. Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Joanne, and it's a pleasure helping you get restful sleep. I created this podcast because I wanted to provide a quiet space for comfort for my listeners. Life can get really busy, and I want this podcast to be a soft place to land at the end of the day where you feel safe and cozy as I read you a bedtime story to help you unwind and relax as you ease into a restful night's sleep. So if you're enjoying the podcast and want to support the show so that we can continue to bring you even more sleepy bedtime stories, we've created a premium membership where you can enjoy relaxing, intro and ad-free listening, two monthly bonus episodes, as well as access to a monthly guided sleep relaxation or sleep hypnosis that you can use at bedtime to help you sleep. Go sign up at driftoff.supercast.com or see the link in the show notes. That's driftoff.supercast.com. Tonight's bedtime story is called The Springtide of Love by Mrs. Egerton Eastwick, also known as Pladell North. This lovely story from the Diamond Fairy Book was written in 1895 about a seven-year-old little girl who gets lost in the forest. By nightfall, this frightened, hungry, cold little girl unknowingly finds her way back home. Tonight's episode is part story and part relaxation. So if by the end of the storytelling you are still awake, you can continue to listen to my voice as I guide you to relax and ease into a restful sound sleep. And so, as always, my friend, settling comfortably under the covers, take a full, comfortable breath. And as you exhale, relax and let go. Allow any tension to just melt away. Sinking deeper and deeper down into the softness that you're resting on. There is nothing else to do and nowhere else to be. So just lay back, relax, and enjoy the story. The mists of the early twilight were falling 
and Elsa, the little girl who lived at the woodman's cottage, was still far from home. She had wandered out in the spring sunshine in search of bluebells and wild anemones with which the wood abounded, for the child loved the company of the birds and flowers better than the rough play of the boys who were called her brothers. The woodman and his wife said she was strange and dreamy, full of curious fancies, which they found it hard to understand. But then, they were not Elsa's real parents, which might account for their difficulty. They were kind to her, however, in their fashion, and Elsa always tried to remember to obey them, but sometimes she forgot. She had forgotten today, for although the good wife had told her to remain near the cottage, the eagerness of her search for the flower she loved had led her farther into the wood than she had ever been before. The sunlight disappeared, and the darkness seemed to come quite suddenly under the thick branches of the trees. The birds had chanted their last evening song and gone to their nests. Only a solitary thrush sang loudly just overhead. Elsa thought it was warning her to hurry homewards. She turned quickly, taking as she thought the direction of the cottage. But as she was barely seven years old and felt a little frightened, it is not surprising that she only plunged deeper into the wood. Now she found herself in the midst of a great silence. The beautiful tracery of young green leaves through which she had hitherto caught glimpses of the sky had disappeared, and over her head stretched only bare brown branches between which she saw the shining stars, clear as on a frosty winter's night. The stars looked friendly, and she was glad to see them, but it was growing dreadfully cold. The plucked flowers withered and fell from her poor little numbed hands, and she shivered in her thin cotton frock. Ah, what would she not have given for a sight of the open door and the fire in the woodman's cottage, and a basin of warm bread and milk, even though it was given with a scolding from the woodman's wife? She struggled on with her poor little tired feet, for it seemed to her that the wood was growing thinner. Perhaps there might be a house hereabouts. But oh, how terribly cold. Now there was frost upon the ground at her feet, frost upon dead leaves and blades of grass, frost upon the bare tree branches. The moon had risen and she could see that all the world around her was white and chill and dead. Surely she had wandered back into the cruel bitter winter, frost-bound and hard. It was strange that she had strength to go on, but she looked up at the stars and thought that they were guiding her. At length, she came to the border of the wood, and there stretched before her a wide, open space with only a few trees scattered here and there, and through an opening of the trees, the cold moon shone down upon a white, silent house. The house looked as dead and winter-bound as everything else, but still it was a house, 
and Elsa said to herself that surely someone must live in it. So she thanked the friendly stars for leading her aright, and with what remaining strength she had, dragged her poor little numbed feet up the broad path or road between the trees. At the end of the road, an iron gate hung open upon its hinges, and Elsa found herself in what once had been a garden. Now the lawns and flower beds were all alike, one blinding sheet of ice and frozen snow. But there was the great white house, and from one window shone a light, surely the light of a fire. All the rest was dark. Up a flight of stone steps the child dragged her weary feet, across a terrace that had surely once been gay with flowers, until she stood before a huge door, brown and black, except where the frost gleamed, closed and barred with iron bars. The great knocker hung high above her reach, but with her poor little hands she beat against the woodwork. Surely, if someone did not let her in soon, she must fall down there and sleep and die upon the step. But at the sound of her faint knocking, there came from within the deep baying of a hound, and Elsa was terrified anew, but could not run away. Then in a few moments, a heavy bar seemed to be withdrawn, and the great door opened slowly. A tall man stood within, a man in the dress of a hunter, pale-faced in the moonlight, but strong and powerful, and wearing a long, dark beard that reached almost to his waist. His was a figure to fill any child with fear, but Elsa saw only the scene behind him, a great blazing wood fire upon an open hearth, with rugs in front of it upon which were stretched two large hounds, a third shaking himself slowly, and followed his master to the door.